You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's message is an audio conversation entitled Justified by Faith and is part five of five. Do, do you, do you uh, folks think that there's a time like Acts that's coming again? Or at least the power of the Lord coming again, like in the book of Acts, or or soon. I, I, it's coming, but I, I just wonder how soon. So just yeah. a quick question. Would, would you believe that the power of the Lord has waned in between that time and the time to come? Or do you well, believe it seems, that... Well, it seems like it in my life, at least. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can understand that. I mean, especially in my life, too. But I know some people believe that the Holy Spirit was just for the ushering in of the church. And and um, what I was wondering is, uh, are you saying that that you believe something like that is coming again? Or has the Holy Spirit been there for us all this time and we ha- just have not been accessing that? I, I would say probably, yeah. I'm just talking about, you know, the end times, you know, it's obvious, you know, in the book of Revelation that there's going to be a lot of the power of the Lord that that comes back. I mean, that's promised. It's just that right now we're sort of in a lull where the power of the Lord doesn't seem evident. I mean, I can remember going to, uh, oh, actually I grew up Mennonite. My dad was Amish, but, uh, but I grew up Mennonite, and I remember the Brunk revivals. And there seemed to be power there. I mean, there was there was... There was a lot of power in those revivals, at least to me, listening as an unsaved person. You know, I look back at those and seeing those as being really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I don't see that light any any longer very much. Well, uh, my my opinion, uh, kind of what Aaron was saying earlier, did it ever stop, or 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 did we just not latch into it? And I believe that throughout history when when persecution rose then god provided uh you know uh, there was there there were more signs and wonders think god think god will do that for those that are going through persecution and and another time that he uh he activates uh, a greater powers or has in the past is when when a new uh when the gospel went into new parts of 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 a, a culture or a, a group of people that had never heard of it before, uh, I think you'll see that there were always God poured out um, miracles and and um, even more so than those who had the word, maybe. And and you know, I mean, I guess that's just my feeling. It's almost like God re, uh, confirms or reaffirms yeah. that they are 
on the right track. I, I've just been speaking to uh, some uh, some people this this week, and in fact, I just spoke to, there was a guy that stayed here overnight last night, and he said he has visibly seen angels. And oh. there's some people over in Switzerland right now that, uh, I don't know if you guys know them, some of you might, um, oh, um, can't even think what his name is right now, Girat, Ben Girat. And I got an email from him this week saying that they have encountered angels. And, you know, at one time, I would not have believed that. I just I just wouldn't believe it because I was taught that if you have, if you have the scriptures, then you don't need those extra miracles. But, but I believe it. I, I believe we're going to see even a lot more as, as the persecution rises up. God's going to come around. He's going to again and again remind us that he's there visibly and, and physically. We're going to experience things that we may not have even 50 years ago. Yeah, I believe the power, the power of God has always been available to his people. Um, and if we look back through history, there have always been times, especially times of great revival that the Lord has worked, that has, the Lord has moved mightily. And, uh, you know, that, that power is available to us today. Uh, we look at our nation and our the Christianity today, modern Christianity has is so cold, uh, you know, they're lukewarm, and God doesn't work in, in a, that kind of a situation uh, as as powerfully. Yeah, and throughout history, when when we read about revivals, it's a lot different than we know. I, I haven't seen one in my lifetime, but you hear about things like that in other parts of the world. And sometimes, it, like Joe said, it's about when there's trouble. When the Israelites were in Egypt, it wasn't until 430 years that they started calling upon God. And we read about in the Judges where... They were in captivity, or they, they were in a, under oppression, and 40 years later, they called on God. And we're content. We've America has been blessed. We're content. And sometimes it takes us a while to realize that we need God again, and we won't mm-hmm. call to Him sometimes until we realize that He's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go back to the discussion on sexual immorality. Um, I think that was just a little confusing. At least it sounded confusing to me. We were talking about justification by faith and um, and then talking about people who are living in sin. And my understanding of it is we could live in sin because we do. Um, Jesus talks about the fact that if we commit even one small sin, in God's eyes it's as big as the biggest sin. And there is something additional with sexual immorality, we, we harm our bodies, there's no doubt, but we we still sin. So how do we deal with that? How do we know that we really are justified? And I, I believe that Romans 6, verse 1, really sums it up when Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So we have this grace, and I, I, I believe that we could sin, and that we do sin, but grace really does abound. Is that my think my thinking as you guys are? Oh, that's a good that's a good one for you to answer, Paul. You're 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 kind of the. Of course, we're going <laughs> to sin because we're human. But the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is, I mean, it's just like when you're 
with a parent. If I, I'm going to disobey my parents sometimes, but when I do, if I love my parent, it's going to bother me, and I'm going to feel bad. If I don't love my parents, then I'm not going to care. And I've heard that a, if a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be like walking in a tight moccasin when even the smallest pebble is going to bother you. If we, mm-hmm. We're going to sin, but if we say we love God and we follow what's the darkness, then how can we say we're in the light? John talks about if we yeah, love it would be God, ridiculous. It would be ridiculous to continue sinning, correct? Yeah, even I mean, though we even, could. Right. Be, we can. It's going to bother us. It's going to. We're going to know what's wrong, and we're going to fight against that sin if we mm-hmm. love God. And then, wouldn't Jeremiah. the danger be if you continued and and you know you'd maybe start justifying it, and you know then you'd fall away. Basically, you could, I think. Well, I, I would like to go back, you know, and. I guess, clarify a little bit what troubled me as much as anything about the baptism was not so much even the young couple getting baptized. What troubled me is that a pastor would would, would, uh, baptize uh, two people as a testimony unto the Lord, knowing that they were living in open sin in in sexual immorality i i uh i mean clearly galatians 5 talks about that those who commit fornication shall not inherit the kingdom of god and they were they were uh, uh, committing fornication and they are continuing to commit fornication and so my question is, where does it stop? I mean, what about two gay people that come along and say, well, I love Jesus too. Can you baptize me? You know, well, you know, where does it stop? And and again, I, I guess my, my the, the thing that I have been battling is that, you know, Galatians talks about a little leaven. Leaven is the whole lump. And even First Corinthians chapter 5, why did they excommunicate the young man? Because if they didn't, it would ruin other members in the church, and and, and it does that. Uh, and it's the pastor. It, he's the shepherd. He's the one that's to look out and protect the sheep and keep the the flock. Uh, um, so let's take an example of somebody who has committed a sexual sin. Is it does it matter if it was done willingly? So these two people, this couple, does it matter that they continued in sin? I, I'm with you, Joe. I I don't think it's good that a pastor endorses living in immorality like this one did. In effect, he was endorsing it because he left it go. But what about the person who has committed sexual sin? How does he find that freedom in Christ? How does he find justification for what he's done, and maybe he's done it after he's accepted Christ. Well, I mean, if he's truly accepted Christ and he's uh, received the everlasting life and one day it comes out that he fell, if he continues to sin and has no, uh, no repentant spirit and he continues to live in that, then I would question whether he ever knew Christ because 
the Bible is also clear that those who know Christ become new creatures. Old things are passed away. And if that is not happening, again, it goes back to you shall know them by their fruits. And just because they say they're born again doesn't mean they're born again. And can we fall? Is, is cheating not as bad as committing adultery? No, they're they're both one and the same. But if I continue to cheat, and I continue to cheat, and I and I don't care what the church says, a month later I'm still going out cheating deliberately, openly. Um, wouldn't you question I was I was truly a child of God? Would you baptize me knowing that I will continue to Cheat people left and right. There's definitely a problem with that. Yeah, in the early church, there was a time where if somebody wanted said they were a Christian, they wouldn't baptize them for three years. They were called catechumens, and they would be watched by everybody else in the community to see if he lived a godly life, to see if he was trying to improve. And after that period of time, if the man proved himself or the, the woman, then they would say, all right, you're one of us. But if it was just a fake thing, they wouldn't. But I mean, that was that happened before they would even baptize somebody. And like, I don't know, like I heard in Europe a few years ago that Muslims are turning, or more people are turning to Islam because they can look at Islam and say there's a right and a wrong. Islam says this is right, this is wrong. Even though their religion is wrong, they stand on something. And they look at Christianity, and they say, well, I, if I don't like what this pastor says, I'll go down the street, because that one will agree with me. And if I don't like that one, I'll go down to another one, because you can always, we no longer stand upon the Word of God. And like Joe is saying, I mean, First Timothy 5 says, them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. If pastors stood up and said, what they're doing is wrong, they won't repent, Everybody else in the congregation is going to know that I better stop sinning too. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often anymore. Because I would believe that it's important to clarify that the reason we shouldn't live in sexual immorality is because of real earthly harm happens happens to us and other people. And um, Job, the book of Job, was the book that really showed me a need for a savior for myself. Um, because Job was a perfect man, and um, he was told by Elihu that, well, actually verse 8 in chapter 39 says, Thy wickedness may hurt a man as thou art, and thy righteousness may profit the son of man. But he goes on to say that it doesn't impact God. It's only impacting other men. And um, sometimes we think that, you know what? I committed this great big sin, and how, what does God think of me? I don't think us committing a great big sin changes how God thinks of us. I don't think it changes um, us not deserving heaven any more than if we wouldn't sin. And um, you know, sometimes we're talking about we're talking about these big sins, and I think that's where it really hits home. It certainly really hit home with me when I was. Um, understanding my need for a savior, and even before that, where I really didn't care. Um, we need to understand that justification is a free gift, regardless of who we are, because 
as soon as you start talking about these big things, it's like, uh oh, there's that point where justification doesn't cover these things anymore. And for us in our hearts, for me in my heart, I need to, first of all, come to grips with the fact that this is a free gift entirely, regardless of who I am, regardless of what I've done. And it's between me and Christ and what he's done on the cross and me believing that. And, you know, there is a lot of freedom in that. And once we accept that freedom, I think it's so much easier to live a righteous life and to not sin. But as soon as we get back into seeing what other people do, the other big sins, it becomes kind of confusing because you think, well, there's this one point where justification no longer covers us. So I just wanted to make that clear for anybody that's listening and thinking, well, what about that that one thing? What if I fall? And you get into that trap, and it's it's um, it's no fun. Well, one of the things that I thought about with the pebble and the and the moccasin thing that I thought about um, is sort of like a, if you get a splinter. You know, you, you know, you can put off a splinter for a little bit, uh, you know, and it, it starts hurting, and then it hurts more and more and more. And I see the, I see the couple. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, what the church should do. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a layperson. I'm not a pastor or anything like that. But um, I, I do feel, you know, and I feel like the pastor and the the, the leadership have a responsibility, and they should take action with this but um but the splinter is going to it's going to fester and it it only might fester in a different way than we you know than a physical pain but it's going to fester there's going to be some some consequences related to the you know splinter the sin there's going to be consequences to that uh and and it might not be right away but it's going to happen and that's just the way i i feel like it's going to happen Good illustration. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Anybody have any other questions or anything to discuss? If not, we can. Yeah, I was just thinking of this, Levi. I was just thinking about it. It's, uh, I guess, you know, like they might not see it now as sin, but if they really seek Christ, Christ, Christ will show them the sin yeah, that we yeah. uh, live in. That yes, it's been many ways that way for me. Once we really ask Christ, you know, what to reveal everything, there are things that come up that we never thought of as sin before, mm-hmm. or didn't realize the depths of it. Yeah, yeah, I knew a knew a Christian who's a he's a doctor. He said it once he became a Christian, it took him three years before he realized abortion was wrong. And right. It seems how can how can you not know that? But it, I guess that's why the Bible tells us to be gentle and patient and. Try to teach others gently instead of just expecting them to know everything at once. But yeah, but sometimes it's when it seems like a, a clear thing, it's hard to understand how, especially how a pastor can approve of it. Yeah, there was another, another thing that really reality hit me was uh, about Judah. Uh, Judah, uh, he had uh, one of his sons married, married, and then he didn't have any, they didn't have any children, and his second son was to take her and he didn't want to raise a son for him for his brother so he spilt the seed to the side and he he died because of because he done that just another step in you know the way a lot of people 
that some people do it, you know, spill spill the seed, you know, it's really just that just really kinda gave took took me a deep thinking. Okay. So as we go deeper in the Lord we get revealed more. Levi, I I would like to uh, mention you know, say something about that. Uh years ago my dad brought that up and you know, the reason he brought it up is um I think because he was speaking against birth control of any type and and that was kind of the scripture he used to back it up. Okay, yeah. And uh, I I went back and reread that once and I in my mind it was pretty clear that it wasn't it, it wasn't that uh, the sin was not that he he spilled the seed uh so much as it was he messed up God's plan. God had a plan and he was going to use this guy and and he rebelled against God's plan. Oh, yeah, that, that is really true there, yeah. Because it ended up using two to, two to get his plan, you fulfill the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I could I, that way more. Didn't I, think, I, I probably, didn't think about that way. Yeah, if you go back, Levi, and you reread that, I think that that um, it, uh, you say it was Jude. I couldn't remember the name, but uh, whoever the man was, he knew what God wanted him to do, and he purposely yeah. spilled that seat, and that's what right. made God angry. Yeah, that was actually was not true. It was Judah. Judah, yeah. that's right, oh, yeah. Onan was the, Onan was the Genesis yeah. 38. Okay. I don't even remember for sure what the purpose was or the, what what God's plan was, because it's been a number of years since I've read it. But. Right, yeah. Well, it, it's the lineage, lineage through which Jesus came. Mm, yeah. 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 But. Yeah. The ones that are here, a couple of you go, and I'll close in prayer, and then I'll pray. Father, we come to you tonight. Father, we thank you for this time. Uh, we thank you, Father, for the for the that we come together in this way and discuss your word, and uh, we thank you, Father, for the thoughts and the, that have been talked about, the discussions that we've had, that we've been able to open our hearts and to speak of. The, your things. Father, we pray that you bless any seed that might have been sown tonight. Uh, we pray, Father, if uh, for those that who may be on this call that may be struggling with some of these issues. Father, we pray that uh, they wouldn't take the words that we have spoken, but that they would look into the Word of God itself and, and go to the source itself, to you, God. Father, I pray that you draw them to you. Father, I pray that, that you challenge each and every one of us uh, that have been on this call to, to live a life uh, more closely to you, uh, to walk free from sin, uh, to walk as a shining example of what a true Christian looks like. Uh, Father, we pray that you would continue to bless these phone calls, and we pray that you continue to bring people to them and to be encouraged, to be challenged. And uh, again, I thank you, Father, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Father, I'm just humbled myself that you loved us so much and received us on our level. We didn't have to to go through a whole bunch of hoops and and uh, things to get to you, but you came to us 
And the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, we will always marvel. I I have no doubt that one day we will actually get to see you and and praise you face to face. But until that time, Lord, we do give you glory and we praise you. And Lord, I, I thank you for everyone that has come here tonight. I have no doubt again that all of us have a deeper and a greater desire than ever to be who you want us to be. Help us, Lord, every day, every minute of the day. Help us to be who you want us uh, to become. And uh, uh, bless each person, their families. Protect us, Lord, from the evil one. Give us wisdom and fill us with the Holy Spirit. Help us, oh God, help us to uh, to be open to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, and thank you, God, that that we are justified by faith. Every day I live and see how I am, and I know that I'm grateful that I'm not justified by what I do. Thank you for loving us enough to sending Jesus to die for us. And help us to realize how how real you are and how everybody who doesn't know you is going to spend eternity in hell unless they turn to you. So help us to be even more earnest in reaching the lost and in praying for those who don't know you and who are following religion and who are even sincerely lost. Help us to care more and to love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind and to love others as ourselves that we can be good ambassadors of Christ and follow you fully and change us. Show us how we can do better. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.